every center, a rural regional center, to have clinical trials as a standard practice. Because we know as clinical trials improve outcomes, not only in cancer care, but in, in all facets of healthcare. And, and if we can get clinical trials as a standard practice across the country, in every health service, then Australia, Australian health system will go to the next level. Hello and welcome to the MTB Connect podcast. I'm Shannon Osrin. For this week's edition, we're discussing teletrials. What is the impact of conducting them and why are they so important? So this work is being conducted by the Clinical Oncology Society of Australia, or COSA for short. They are partially funded under the Industry Growth Centre's Project Fund program. I'm joined by COSA CEO, Marie Malika, and Professor Sabe Saberson the Director of the Department of Medical Oncology at the Townsville Cancer Centre. Welcome to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. So let's start by uh, defining what is a teletrial. So a teletrial is a simple, pragmatic Australian concept that uses telehealth to connect sites, whether small or larger, so that the satellite site can access the trial from a primary site and offer that trial closer to home for their patients. Um, and we really developed that concept through the COSA, uh, Clinical Oncology Society, and especially the rural and regional group. It was really based on the needs of the patients that uh, we have observed for the last 10, 15 years. And Marie, um, where does COSA come into this? So COSA is a society of health professionals working in oncology and the way that our activities are driven are really by our members. So if we go back to Sabe's chairing of the COSA regional and rural group, so Sabe chaired that group from 2014 to 2018 and being an oncologist based in Townsville, Sabe has a keen interest in helping to make sure that patients living in regional and rural areas and remote areas have access to the best treatments available. And of course, clinical trials are part of that as well. So during his time as chair of the COSA Regional and Rural Group, Sabe and the group developed um, tele-oncology guidelines that use telehealth to deliver best service clinical oncology using telehealth. And then the development of the Australasian teletrial model was again done by the COSA Regional and Rural Group under Sabe's leadership. And the model is an extension of the tele-oncology guidelines. So it's using telehealth to run clinical trials, to enrol, consent and treat patients on clinical trials. So COSA's role in that is really bringing together all of the health professionals and those that work in oncology and clinical trials to develop the model and then implement the model. And this particular project is a pilot of the implementation of the model. What kind of impact have you seen with this model? Well, it's really meant that patients living in regional and remote areas have access to clinical trials, which they haven't had before because typically they've had to drive or travel to larger cancer centres to participate in clinical trials. And as we know, patients on trials do better. Again, uh, it's about the system change. I think that's what needed to happen for uh, offering clinical trials closer to home. Um, normally, the sponsors 
don't go to smaller regional or rural sites because of low volume numbers and the limited capabilities. But now the teletrial model has given them the confidence that the smaller sites can be linked to larger sites using a, a, a set of standards that's defined by the COSA National Guide. Uh, and because of that now, we, s we observed in uh, Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland and I think now South Australia, Western Australia as well, that the people now are ready to uh, uh, go on to a new model like this because they see the benefit for their patients. Um, the other impact we actually saw was the willingness of the state governments to harmonize processes and governance uh, approaches. So hopefully in the future, by bringing the state governments more and more, we could have uniform systems across the country. Uh, that's going to make it easy for sponsors, patients, uh, um, trial groups, everyone else. So I think that's the, for me, the system change is the, the greatest impact I have seen. And I think the buy-in, as um, Sabe said, from sponsors, we really had to have the buy-in from sponsors as well as government. Um, when we first started the project, we thought that the investigator-initiated trials run by the Cancer Cooperative Trials Groups would be the first to get off the ground, but we were very surprised and pleased to see industry come on board and open teletrials first. And now uh, I see that at least six companies actually have teletrial project teams. So obviously they see the benefit and especially not only for their recruitment and also for their uh, role in uh, providing equity of access and, and the social justice uh, agenda. Let's talk about the impact for patients. One of the drivers for this model and the telehealth model as Marie was saying, uh, talking about, was actually the patient feedback we received maybe 10 years ago. Uh, so when we uh, first started in Townsville, we had trouble um, attracting patients to clinical trials and we thought we should really find out what's going on. And more than 200 patients surveyed and the recurrent themes were that if you don't have trials closer to home, patients are less likely to take up trials or travel and cost and inconvenience of uh, uh, travel and the relocation caused by uh, distance, it's actually one of the major limitations. That is also true for US, Canada, everywhere else. And also when you talk to a lot of other patients, they also believe that clinical trials are just experiments rather than they are the standard of care. So now uh, when we link the smaller sites and offer the trials in smaller sites, we have now removed one of the major barriers that is availability closer to home. And uh, the first patient uh, enrolled in the Eli Lilly's Monarch E trial, she beautifully mentioned uh, that if not for this model, she would not have participated in this trial from Mackay. What kind of uh, can, uh, clinical trial was that? So the first trial was um, uh, we are grateful for Eli Lilly to start that. Um, so it was a breast cancer adjuvant trial. So after surgery, this is combining uh, an aromatase inhibitors with one of the CD uh, cyclin-dependent kinase inhibitors. 
And uh, in, in that particular trial, Townsville was the primary site, and we already had five patients. As soon as Cairns, Mackay, and Montaisa were, were added to the uh, cluster, we had another five patients. So that was like within six months of starting the model, the recruitment doubled. So that was actually what we expected, but it was kind of a pleasant surprise. That must be a great feeling, Marie. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we were hoping for. You know, that was the whole intention of number one, setting up teleoncology, and number two, setting up teletrials. So to be able to see more patients access trials is, I think, the best thing for everyone. You were talking before about the impact of companies joining. Do you want to uh, give more information about that? So for companies, particularly the pharmaceutical industry, the important thing for them is to reach their target recruitment, if not exceed, if possible. Mm -hmm. And with teletrials, they can do that much more quickly. So obviously they can recruit patients more quickly. They have increased collaboration and networking with all the sites and across the sites as well. So it's opened up the opportunity for them to bring on additional participating sites through, as Sabes described, the cluster system. And one of the other thing, Marie, also, uh, we initially, we, when we talked about teletrial, we always talked about regional and mm. rural access. So obviously by opening up the trials to that one third of the population that has uh, no exposure, you are going to increase the patient pool. But the other, benefit is also for rare diseases or rare cancers because now uh, this model is applicable to all diseases not just cancer anymore it's for allied health uh, nursing you know, uh, um, psycho-oncology trials you know everyone else so one other thing um, the one of the other benefit is really even linking metro centers to metro centers and increase the patient pool especially for rare diseases and rare cancers, you can now have one site in a major metropolitan area and link the whole state. So instead of opening up more sites that recruit zero to one patient, you could actually have, a, you can be more efficient at, at recruitment. That wasn't something that was happening before? The, in terms of uh, collaboration between the major hospitals, I mean, it, they are still a siloed system, you know, that's uh, like any other, any other major systems. And there's a lot of competing studies. So, so now, by taking a, a systematic or system-wide approach, you could actually manage the competing studies better as well, and then make sure that everyone is collaborating to get the maximum benefit for the clinicians and the patients and the sponsors. And what we're hoping as well is that new studies will open because it will open up that opportunity, as Sabe said, for rare cancers. So hopefully industry will be able to identify new studies that they wanted to do before but didn't think they could because they didn't think they'd be able to get the recruitment. But now with teletrials, hopefully they can. Hello, my name is Andrew Boskill. I'm the Director of Stakeholder Engagement for Queensland here at MTP Connect. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast series and remind you to make sure you subscribe, give us a rating and leave a comment. It's easy to do and it really helps other people find our podcast. 
I also encourage you to stay connected with MTP Connect by following us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and visiting our website. Again, thanks for listening. Now back to our discussion with Marie Malka and Professor Sabe Sabason. How many patients have you had participating in your overall project? So be 75. Yeah. To date. 75 trials, 75 patients, 75 and patients 10, and 10 trials five. currently open. And two have closed to recruitment, and there are a further nine trials pending. And, and, and the, the other good news is also the earlier trials were focusing on oral medications because, you know, this is pilot. And the, the later trials now we have started intravenous medications. So, uh, so that's really where we wanted to go, you know, to, to have a mixture of oral and intravenous. So I think the future is, is ready for all trials. Kicking goals. Absolutely. That's the main thing. <laughs> That's our ultimate goal, isn't it, Sabe? That every single clinical trial protocol has teletrials written into it. And, and also uh, every centre, a rural regional centre, to have clinical trials as a standard practice. Because we know, as uh, Marie said, clinical trials improve outcomes, not only in cancer care, but in, in all facets of healthcare. And, and if you can get clinical trials as a standard practice across the country in every health service, then Australia, Australian health system will go to the next level in, in the next five, 10 years. Because yeah. there's obviously the benefit for patients, but as you said, also for the sites, you know, staff are then trained in clinical trials and they might not have had that opportunity before and that provides a professional development opportunity for the staff in the hospitals as well. And, and also then, because we got one of the major problems in Australia is the workforce maldistribution between regional, rural and metro. So now if you're offering cutting edge service delivery models in regional, rural areas, and there may be people who actually now want to go there because they can get the same uh, reward working in a regional rural town. So, so I'm hoping that that will also touch on the workforce uh, issues and improve the workforce capabilities. That's, yeah, that's a great point to touch on is that this is creating jobs for regional, uh, regional hospitals and clinicians. Absolutely. It's not just giving patients access, it's also helping the workforce. Not everybody's like Sabe. Not everybody wants to live and work in Townsville. <laughs> but well, hopefully... But Townsville is a great area though. <laughs> Townsville is a very good area, ask Sabe. But yeah, hopefully it will open up those opportunities but in I, other areas. I, I think in terms of employment, it's actually, I have already seen that happening because um, through our pilot, there were smaller sites. As we said, they never done trials before. And for example, Mount Isa and Mackay, those are small towns and even New South Wales areas, they actually had to employ trial nurses. So that's increasing FTEs with recurrent funding or funding from projects. So if we do more trials, then you need more trial nurses and then hopefully more pharmacy. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm pretty sure there is an economic benefit yeah. built into it. Because trials do bring in income for the hospital as well. Mm. 
And patient benefit as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about bringing it back to the patients. Absolutely. I would also like to touch on your hope. I guess we've kind of already talked about that it's economic benefits and all and, and other things as well. But what would what would you see your hope for um, the future of teletrials? The future of teletrials, we, we just want that to be um, a standard practice. Uh, so that means state governments, federal governments, industry, uh, as we said, at least six companies now have teletrial projects and really more coming on board and the, and the trial groups. And then the clinicians buy in and then adoption at health service or health district level um, as one of the key performance indicators. And I think I'm, I'm positive that with the, the recently announced MRFA funding, there will be groups, uh, whether they are state-based or uh, academic-based, um, they, could, they could drive the scaling up of the teletrial model across the country. Uh, and if states all come in, then there's an opportunity for uniform processes and, and foster interstate and intrastate collaborations. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the next probably five to ten years. Marie, would you like to add anything? I think I've said it already and that is that every single clinical trial protocol has teletrials built into it. The objective has always been for all patients to have access to clinical trials, but the distance has been the barrier. So now, with the teletrial model, we hope that every single patient is offered a clinical trial, regardless of where they live or what cancer they have. And the other thing I forgot to mention is actually also adoption at policy level. Mm. It's, it's an important driver for sustainability. So for example, um, the, I also hope that the NHMRC or MRFF uh, funding guidelines or any funding body's guidelines will have uh, a teletrial box so uh, as a recruitment me mechanism. So if, you, if a protocol has teletrial component, then they should get some uh, extra weighting and extra funding uh, to, to create more clusters and support primary sites. And, and that can be a, a, a nice uh, enabler. Do you uh, have any plans to expand this beyond Australia? We've actually had some conversations with the UICC, for the Union for International Cancer Control, about how it could um, expand beyond Australia. A lot of the um, companies that we deal with obviously are not just working in Australia, industry, but a lot of the cancer cooperative trials groups, you know, they're ANZ, so New Zealand's involved, so we do see potential for this to go beyond Australia. But our other goal is for it to expand beyond cancer as well and into other diseases. And the Canadian Cancer Trial Coordinating Centre, they actually uh, had a workshop in November last year and they were quite attracted by the Australian model and uh, they are going to incorporate into their operational plans. And also the ASCO, Rural and Re Regional Task Force, uh, they, they had teleconferences with COSA and, uh, and I think they are also keen to incorporate into their portfolio. Last year in October, Sabe presented on the teletrial model at the ASCO Breakthrough Summit in Bangkok. And so there were a lot of people from Asia and beyond there, and 
it created great interest, Sabe's presentation. So those opportunities as well present to us the opportunity for us to spread the word more broadly beyond Australia. What was that uh, react? Did you get any um, questions after your presentation? I mean, the m main questions after our presentation in Bangkok was about uh, the, the safety, quality and feasibilities and it was really easy for us to uh, address because we already have a nationally agreed uh, set of guidelines uh, on the COSA National Guide. So, uh, and it's because it's published, it's available online, anyone can look at it. So it is the Australasian Teletrial Model National Guide for Implementation. bright for COSA and thank you both for joining me on this um, podcast episode. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. That was uh, COSA CEO Marie Malika and Professor Sabe Sabeson, the Director of Medical Oncology at the Townsville Cancer Centre. This was the MTV Connect podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, you can subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And also leave us a review and give us a rating. Until next time. <laughs>